Welcome to the There Is More podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Karen. And we are here to help women dream bigger, pray bolder, and live empowered. And so today we are going to be introducing you to our new friend, Candace Johnson. She is helping lead the church called The Studio in Greenville, but you may better know her from her and her husband, Eric Johnson's role at Bethel Church as senior pastors there. And she taught she was just a delightful person yeah. to talk to so real and open and transparent about this massive transition that they took and so i think if if you were one of those people who is contemplating a big move and that may mean mean a move relationally or a move in your job or a move to a new location she talks about how god led her through that journey yeah. the kindness of the lord when he invites us into new things and i think you're going to be really intrigued by it so we just welcome you to the there is more podcast Welcome to the There's More podcast. We are so delighted to have Candace Johnson joining us today from Greenville, South Carolina, via California, (laughs) via lots of other places. But Candace, we just really honor you for the ministry that you have built that we have enjoyed and been so blessed by. I will never forget in quarantine getting on and um, y'all were doing prophetic words in Bethel. It was before y'all moved. And, um, and I'll let you tell your story in just a minute, but I remember being on and being served on zoom. We were going into rooms and I was literally in a room with people from 20 countries. And I just thought, Lord, this is it. I mean, this is it. I, it was, I I was like, well, I could get off now. I didn't even need a prophetic word. I just (laughs) need to see all those people. I I still remember that conversation, me and you having like calling each other because we'd both done and we're like, get on, get on. Oh yeah. We were all so desperate. We're just like, let's just call all our friends across the world (laughs) and get a prophetic word. And you know, we were just missing our people in our home. So will you tell us just a little bit about your story, Candace, just the um, kind of the story behind the story, really, we see the front of Bethel Church in Reading and, but you long before you met Eric, you had a story. So will you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, you want me to go back? Back a little to bit. <laughs> I mean, just a high level. Like the story. I mean, I just, I feel like people, you know, I don't know you. So I just, I think, you know, it just gives you so much more context for who someone is. Completely. Um, I was raised in Northern California, Eureka. So not far from where Bethel's out, about three hours on the coast. And the difference between Eric and I is he was raised Christian family in the church. I think his story is like fifth generation minister, pastor on one side, missionary. And um, I got saved when I was in sixth grade. And my mom had, my parents were divorced when I was in kindergarten. So the difference in our stories is pretty vast. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, my family didn't grow up in a Christian home, actually in a lot of brokenness all around me. So it's pretty amazing to see what God does in our lives in the brokenness. And so that's just a big part of my story is being marked by his love from the moment I accepted him into my heart. It wasn't an emotional thing. I think my mom had gotten had invited Jesus into her heart, was going into Assemblies of God Church. And I was living between my mom and dad at the time. And she said, when you're with me, you're going to go to church. So I was like, okay, you don't really have a choice. (laughs) And so I went to church and nothing was honestly very amazing about it. It was like a missionettes, which is Girl Scouts, type church Girl Scouts, and went there. And 
I knew some of the girls from school. They weren't extremely nice, felt really cliquish. So like, like I said, it really wasn't that amazing of an experience. Um, the teachers had like long hair and long skirts, but they were so, I, and that wasn't anything that I was used to, but they were really kind, really nice. At the end of the time, they pledged to the Christian flag, pledged to the all these different flags. And I'm just sitting there. I know nothing. I can't repeat anything. You just feel like the odd person out. Oh, totally. It just got more and more like, oh, wow. Okay. But the the women were nice. There was one girl that the other little girls didn't really like. I don't think we brought purses. I mean, there was reasons we weren't like everybody else. um, So she was nice to me. So just know, like I got to experience the outs of the, so the Christian social culture. So just having those experiences, I think this is a part of my story as well. Just having those experiences gives you compassion totally. for people. Um, and, and I got to have a lot of those in church because I didn't have parents in the church. I mean, so, so many situations um, in the future when it was time to pray with your family and all that, I would just be by myself. Like, what do I do? You know, oh my you just feel, really, feel the vulnerability. You do. Um, you feel so lonely. Even in a Christian culture. Yes. I get, I, after the end of that meeting, um, they asked, does anyone want to accept Jesus in their heart? I just raised my hand because I've never had anything against God. I don't think anyone had ever asked me. So I just prayed. And, um, and then they said, Oh, come back, you know, stay back for a moment. We want to give you something. They gave me a little mission. Bible. These are the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you'll want to start here so you can get to know Jesus. I'm like, thank you so much. Well, my life changed dramatically from that moment on. Wow. It was never the same. I didn't wow. want anything else. Jesus was irresistible. Wow. His love began to come in and just heal parts of my heart. Wow. There was so much brokenness in my story with my parents. My dad's on his fourth marriage. So I've had so many step parents wow. throughout my life. Um, my stepdad's been an alcoholic and drugs. Like I have stories after yeah. stories. Oh so I did not have a typical uh-uh. kind of, um, even my teenage years, once I met Jesus in sixth grade, like I didn't want anything else. And you couldn't convince me that anything else was as wonderful as he was. So even going to youth group, kids would be like, you know, wanting to party or play with other things yeah. and worship God. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just actually have no desire there. Like I know brokenness and need. And I'm the Lord, God's love. There's nothing like it. So that's kind of my story, which shaped me, um, knowing God's love. And then I met Eric in college. So after high school, I went to YWAM. Oh, wow. One of the first things I did, I got saved. I got plugged into a really amazing church. had a great youth group and there was a mission trip to Mexico when I was in seventh grade. So, um, I went with my sister and it just impacted me so much just to be in another culture and loving people and serving mm. that. I just went on to do a lot more of that and um, then went to YM when I was uh, two weeks after I graduated from high school. Wow. And down in back. Cartagena, yeah, Colombia, and got to travel, Cuba, all these places as mm. an 18-year-old. <clears throat> and um, those are just shaping, forming years. Went to Bible college, and that's where I met Eric. Wow. And uh, we, I went there for a few years, met Eric, and then we moved to Reading and then we started our Reading journey. Wow. <laughs> what was it like as a wife observing the growth and the supernatural? I mean, you'd experience that through YWAM, but I just can't imagine being a part and watching something like Bethel. Cause y'all been married, what, 20 years? How long have you and Eric been married? 
Uh, we've been married for 25 years this September. 25. So you've seen, I mean, everything that we see as Bethel Church, like you've seen it take shape. I mean, 25 years ago, it was small, right? Um, yeah, Bill, um, when Eric and I were dating is when his parents moved from Weaverville to Reading. Okay. And um, that's when Henry Newell was starting, uh, you know, the England and then um, Airport Vineyard. Um, and Bethel was already a big church in Reading. And so when Bill came, it actually got smaller <laughs> because oh. revival is messy and people... Yeah manifesting and right. you know everyone making their own decisions so it actually I think went from like 2000 to a thousand and um and then it started to I think he wrote his first book around that like a year a couple later and then it just started to grow and then it started the school of ministry as mm-hmm. well yeah and then that when that started like a couple years later it started doubling every year wow and stuff was just growing really crazy. Um, Eric and I were at Bethel for two years when we were first married. Then we went to Weaverville and we youth pastored and associate pastored for six years. Oh, wow. So we came back in 05 wow. and that's when things were doubling as during that time. Um, you know, when you're in the middle of stuff, you, it's like growing, yeah. like, you know, measuring yourself one week. And then the next week you're like, you don't, you don't notice any difference right. you yeah. growing because your clothes might be getting tighter. Your short, your jeans are getting shorter over a period of time. <laughs> but when you're in the middle of it, it's not the same as being on the outside. Yeah, You know, you're just managing, navigating. Okay. We've got to figure out what do we do? How do we accommodate these people? Yeah. You know, we need to hire more staff because the growth was just happening at such a, a fast rate, you know, but you're just looking at what's it look like to care for our families. How do you keep child, you know, children's church going, yeah. all of that, you know, new systems because we can't accommodate everybody. Right. So it wasn't as like, whoa, this is so big because it's just <laughs> what you're doing every day. Yeah. You're just figuring out how to take care of everybody as well as being in awe of what God is doing. Yeah. You know, Candace, it was like 10 years ago that um, I was going through just my own kind of personal transformation. I'd gone to Bible college and was supposed to go the the next year to to this Bible college, and somebody called me up and said, "I feel like God is calling you to start a Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry in your in your area." And I literally, I had I had about a week before she called, I'll, all of a sudden, all my desire my desire to go back to Bible college had gone out of me, and I was like, "What's happening, God? I don't understand this. I don't understand this because I loved it. I had an incredible experience." And I knew the second she called that that was it. I got in my car and I began driving and asking the Lord, Lord, where am I supposed to do this? Where am I supposed to do this? And I was terrified because I, I felt like in order to, you know, start a group doing that, you know, using y'all's curriculum, I felt like I had to be, a, you know, I had to be ahead of them. And, and I knew I was just a baby who was just super curious, super hungry, super thirsty. I, I, you know, had God had opened up my heart to, you know, on earth as it is in heaven, just to the belief that, that God had something so much greater than I had ever dreamed. I always thought the gospel was an escape plan to get me out of this horrible world that I had all, you know, scars from my past like yours. And, um, and instead it was, you know, Bill's teaching through, you know, that the Lord gave him that it was, his will was on earth as it is in heaven. It requires us partnering with. So anyway, so 
it's just, it's really a neat thing for me personally. I feel kind of emotional about it because <laughs> it was so, um, it, it, mm-hmm. we created a community for mm-hmm. three, three years. We were a family. We met every single Monday night and we had our own church and we fed off of the bread that was coming, you know, out of Bethel. And then I knew when that season was over, I knew it was time to go on and I didn't know where I was going. And so I want to transition for a moment because I know you went through that exact same thing where God was saying the season has <laughs> ended and now I'm bringing you somewhere new and I don't know where I'm going. Can you talk to us a little bit about what's gone on with y'all in the past two years? Yeah, it's been a big transition. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that uh, the kind of person that I am, but Eric is as well, like we just are very responsible, just the nature of who we are. Like mm-hmm. you just tell me what I'm supposed to do and I will make sure to do it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> Even I was like, what do I need to do to get an A? I yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And create lists and I'm very disciplined. And so even with the Lord, part of like following him is like, God, what do you want me to do? Cause I will do whatever. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that I even, I don't feel like I chose Reading. It was just chosen for me or yeah. like what the Lord was into. Cause I wanted to go to the nations oh, and I'd be wow. like, why am I here in Reading? Like yeah. <laughs> if you, before the school of ministry, there just wasn't very many other ethnicities there let alone like, yeah, it was just all the way around was in a separate direction. So that journey itself was just a journey of kind of laying down my own heart and dreams yeah. and dying to myself. And even though I loved what God was doing there, I didn't choose it. And it's just one thing when, when stuff dreams initiate in your heart, it's yeah. one thing. And so that, so I learned a lot in that season about just being content in all situations mm. and how God provides. And as long as I'm receiving from him and giving, like I can do anything anywhere. And I just would rather be wherever God is mm-hmm. than, than be where I think I want to be. And mm-hmm. um, so that was a big thing in going to Reading. And then being in Reading, I never really wanted to pastor a church. Um, <laughs> even Eric would say the same thing, even though we love people, love ministry. Um, and then when they asked us to pastor the church, that was another like, oh gosh, this did not orig- initiate originate in my heart as well. So we took a long time to process through that and pray. And then I ultimately felt like I would be a fool not to walk through a door that God has opened for us. Yeah. And that was really clear. So we said yes. And um, it was out of discipline and choice that um, I said yes, specifically. And um, we, we knew that if we were going to do it, we wanted to do it together. <clears throat> so we pastored Bethel for almost 10 years, the church. And um, I would say like six months, three, three to six months in, I, I noticed a change from discipline and choosing the church and building this team to my heart started to get really involved. And I could feel this deep, this deep love for the people mm. the team. And, oh gosh, so we are just not people that do things lightly. Right. <laughs> All in from something that I didn't want to do to like, I just gave my whole life. Like mm-hmm. we bought property in Reading and 15 acres. It was like this dream and built, we planted trees for our grandkids to climb on. Wow. This is what we were doing in life. And I just let go of everything else. And, um, Eric did as well. So 10 years in, like, of course we're not doing anything else. Like this is what we've laid down our life for. Mm -hmm. And then just started feeling the stirring of like, God, is there something else? Like, Sure. You know, stuff starts happening where you start asking questions and even asking the questions I felt like was a betrayal of myself because I had already given up everything. Right. So why would I ever ask if there's something else? Wow. I love these people. These people have my heart. Mm. 
and um, it makes me emotional I now. Bet. Yeah. And so it was a really big season of grieving. Yeah. Even to have the conversations with God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but I felt like him, get, uh, you know, giving me permission to ask him questions and ultimately permission. I felt like he said, I give you permission to actually leave. Yeah. I'm like, now this is weird. What would you do? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I let go of everything else. But Eric and I both felt the same way. And so we just began the journey of, um, you know, recognizing, acknowledging, but also um, writing our letter of resignation, talking to Bill, working through everything to do it the best way that we know how to yeah. honor our family, to honor the people that we love. Right. Uh, as, as we're saying, I don't think we're supposed to be here, which doesn't feel very honoring and loving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we went through that. And then the funny thing about this journey is generally you would leave because you're going somewhere else. And we really felt like we, it was time we weren't supposed to be there anymore, but we did not know where we were going. And that was an interesting journey. I remember we were talking back and forth with Bill and months had passed. This is before we told the church months had passed. Cause we just told him, this is what we're thinking and feeling, but we submit it to you and even the timing and how this goes down. So he wanted, we went through a long process and finally like months in, he said, you know, I hear everything, but like, could you ever wait until you know what you're going to do before you actually leave mm. and trying to buy more time? Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of hard to say no to Bill. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just thinking, uh, if Bill were my father-in-law sure. and he asked me, I'd be like, I think I can. I think I can. No, maybe not. I'm pretty sure you hear from God better than me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when you just like, by that time, yeah. it had been months and it's like, we are not supposed to be here. Right. Like that seriously, day. Just even confirm this. Like we had already decided amongst between the two of us, like we feel pretty clear that the Lord is saying it's time to go. We're like, why don't we just reach out to a couple prophetic friends and don't tell them anything. Right. We don't yeah. with anybody. This is just us, God and us. Yeah. Why don't we just, just say, Hey, just wondering if you guys could pray, if there's anything that you get from God, we didn't tell them anything. And one of our friends waited like a week to get back to us. And uh, Eric finally goes, Hey, is everything okay? He goes, yeah, I'm, I'm going to send you something tonight, but I'm wrestling with this, but yeah. And I, I could be totally off, but I'm just, I'll give it to you. You do whatever you want with it. Yeah. So we're like, okay. And he sends it really late that night. And he, in it, he says, I'm, I'm wrestling with this. Please throw this out. If it's so he's like <laughs> regarding himself. Caveat, caveat, I don't want to be caveat. responsible. I don't want to be responsible. <laughs> yeah. He's like, cause he knows what we do at Bethel. I mean, of he knows course. in that context. And he starts out the prophetic word with, I just, I just hear God saying that Mary gave, uh, conceived the word of God in one location, but she had to go to another location to give birth uh-uh. a city emerging out of a countryside. And he went through this whole thing. And I ultimately think that maybe it could be a geographical move, oh but I know gosh, this is I just got chills. Wow. So please disregard this. And he was being so courageous. And he went on to give us like a, a 10 minute prophetic word that was so on point and so courageous. And he had no clue what we were going through. Wow. We were just like, oh, oh heavens. Gosh, we're really doing this? We're moving. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet so you we, were so grateful, though, for that. I yes. Think, oh, the power gosh. of a prophetic word to just settle things that you know you've heard in your mm-hmm. heart. But when somebody says it from the outside like that, what a gift that was to you. 
it was completely because this was such a big thing. Yes. I talking to other leaders in our life as well. Um, but those prophetic words really did put an extra confirmation because we got two of them and both of them were pointing in that direction of transition and actually geographical move. So we knew we were going, we just didn't know where and just felt like uh, God just, um, once, we jo- once we stepped into the journey of going, it felt like the Lord said, I just want you to finish well mm-hmm. and finish mm-hmm. well and uh, do this. And when it's time to look forward, then we'll look forward. So we communicated the bill in September and then processed through with him and the team and then let the church know in November, right before Thanksgiving. Mm. And during that time, you know, you're going, okay, so I know we're going, I don't know what we're doing. And and then every time I'd go to ask God, I really, we couldn't, we didn't feel any clarity. um, And we just felt like we needed to be present Mm. and to let go and to love the people well that, he had allowed us to run with and be with. And so that's what we did. Wow. And, um, and it basically, it was just grieving. It was grieving because you couldn't, like, if you have, if you were able to start building something else, you could at least distract yourself sure. or energy of like, well, I'm doing this. Yeah. And it, all it was, was I'm letting go of this, uh, here, you can have this. Yeah. And, um, it was just grieving. So yeah, you're like, that wasn't quite the divine exchange oh that I wanted. <laughs> But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful it's to think it the, is. the no, obedience, oh, you yeah. know, and the clarity. Just the gift that was given to you that you really got to feel feel through that loss, you know, because there was loss, you yeah. know, in that. I mean, of course, they're still there and you can go back and, but it's never quite the same when you're not rubbing shoulders and living, doing day, day-to-day life. So then what did it look like? One question before, before you go on, what would you say to someone who's in transition, Candace, like that they're, they've heard from the Lord, it's time to move, it's time to go. What are, looking back, what are the things that you did that you're like, oh man, I'm so, I mean, obviously reaching out about the prophetic word. What else, what was the, what were some of the secret things, you know, that you're like, so glad we did that. Mm. Yeah. Great question. Um, I think taking time, like we didn't rush anything. Um, when we started that year, I remember God telling me, I, when I was, uh, I was reading the Psalms, I think starting over again at the beginning of January. And as I was started reading it, he goes, I'm going to teach you and take you on a journey of trusting me. Mm. I'm like, I trust you, you know, he's like, teach you to trust deeper. Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) So it's a big journey of trust to let go of so much stuff, but taking the time, being honest with God, giving myself permission to feel being in a culture where we're like, no, what God says, he is true. He is trustworthy. He is faithful at the same time. Like I have a heart and I have feelings and I give myself to these people. So sometimes to grieve, give yourself permission to feel, mm-hmm. then you grieve. But I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I wasn't complaining and it wasn't whining. It's mm. just allowing yourself to feel, but that can feel counterintuitive to, to faith. Yes. You're it following God in obedience, but at the same time, your heart is breaking. Yeah. And if we truly love and we value things as we let go, there is a grieving process yes. as we say goodbye. And so I think that makes things more authentic as well. And, um, I am thankful that we had the time for that and, and to be okay with brokenness. Oh, that's that's good. There was a lot of brokenness in the transition. I felt like even in my best efforts, I was in lack. 
Like, um, even though I could do my best and even with the leaders at Bethel, the way that stuff went down, I honestly think that people did the best that they could. Yeah. And in the midst of it, there's lack. Yeah. And knowing that God's love covers a multitude of sin. Yeah. I got to experience that. And when we experience God's love and grace, mm-hmm. then we're able to walk in something and give it knowing that it's not, we're not perfect. And it's not yeah. all, it's not all because of who we are. It's really because of who he is. It's so good. that process of transition was really formative for me. Mm-hmm. And then even moving forward, watching God provide, even in the brokenness, mm-hmm. you know, and the Bible says he's near to the brokenhearted. There yeah. was, I felt the Lord like, and known him, like I've never experienced him before oh, in the midst goodness. of so much brokenness. So allowing ourselves to feel, giving ourselves permission to grieve, but also ultimately leaning in like, God, you're my source of life more than anything else that I could ever hold on to. So really just learning to live open-handed and getting the opportunity to do that in the natural. We so hope that you're enjoying this conversation. We are so grateful that you listen to the There's More podcast that we wanted to give you a gift. We wanted to share some of the things that we've learned with you. So Karen, tell them how to do that. Yeah, we've got a 14-day kind of a mini session on spiritual warfare. Kind of one of those topics that people, I think, have a lot of mystery around. Mm -hmm. They're about seven-minute teachings with a prayer at the end of each that are really just designed to equip and empower you because we don't have a problem, we have an enemy. Yes. And so it's just going to equip you to arise victorious. Yeah. Everything you need will be in the show notes. Now enjoy the rest of this conversation. You know, um, so good. This morning, I was just kind of meditating on that part of scripture where Jesus shows his scars to mm-hmm. the disciples and he's proving to them, of course, you know, that he is still, you know, it's him in flesh that I'm really him. But the part about the scars just stood out to me that his whole body was healed, but he retained. Yeah. You wow. know, he just, he retained the scar, you know, so we, it, and the scars are just part of the story. And so, and mm-hmm. it's beautiful and it's healed, but there's still evidence that there was pain and that's okay. And I think that, um, you know, but both mm-hmm. Rachel and I have got out everybody has had painful times in our life and we just want to rush past them. We mm-hmm. want to move on. Show me what your destiny is. Show me what your purpose and plan is that's supposed to come from all this pain. And and while praise God, he does have that for us. Yeah. You know, it's it's learning to it's I think it sounds like you've done a wonderful job of settling into, you know, not rushing through the pain. But that does bring us to the, the next part of the story, which is that you know, for those of you that don't, people that don't know you, that you did end up, I you kind of dated cities along the way. I kind of followed that story and it was really <laughs> fascinating to me. And, and so, um, the best date, I guess, ended in, in Greenville. So what is, what's the new thing? Like, you know, what's emerged, what's the birthing to that prophetic word? What's the birthing that's, that's happening? It, not just in the church, but in you, Candace. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it was just such a beautiful journey. It was a long one. We call it the dark hallway. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> forward, And even when we communicated to the church in January, I think January 30th was our last Sunday mm-hmm. uh, with the church. And, um, you know, we said, you know, did our best to articulate and share where we were at, to be honest, to love and to honor those in our lives. Um, and then just said, and now we're just going to go on three month sabbatical. That's what we did after we left. And I think some people would be like, you're just not telling us yet what you know you're going to do, right? You have in your pocket somewhere, get ready to reveal it at the right time. Like, 
No, we actually have no clue. Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, um, so I think, I don't know if people really believe that or not, but that was the truth. We left yeah. um, really not knowing, but in January, I think like the two weeks before our last Sunday, uh, we actually took our first trip out to the Carolinas and in the, in our journey of going, what is next? Um, first of all, I felt like God said, you need to step first and be willing to jump before you know what's next. So you have to be okay with that. Yeah. And that's what is faith. Yeah. Right. You know? That's and, it. And, like if he's going to provide, do we need to question, do we need to know what it is before we step out? I'm like, Nope, we're just going to do it. Cause that's obedience and mm-hmm. obey is better than sacrifice. Like we're, you're always going to have my obedience, God. Um, this one was costly. The, uh, the biggest thing was probably, uh, leaving our girls. Cause we have 20 and 20, a 20 year old girl, a 22 year old daughter, and they are not living in our home anymore, but they, one was in Reading, one was in Mexico, but we had intentionally created a home for them. Sure. And even our grandkids and our future, like I had, we already dreamt and envisioned it all mm-hmm. and we're building that. So we were letting go of all of that. And that's just something, it's a tangible thing. It's just a thing, but it's still something, a place that home was something important that I wanted to be able to give our daughters. So I had to let go of that. And then at their season of life, the other question is, what if we move and they never move where we're moving? Like we created a home for them. What if they get married and start having kids? Like, what, am I going to be okay with that? And I really felt like the Lord just said, Candace, can you trust me? Yeah. Yeah, you can have this too. So we, um, as we were praying about what to do next, I had this map from United because uh, United Airlines, they send you <laughs> magazines and they have the map of the world on one side, the map of the US on the other. Yeah. And I would just pull it out and be like, Lord, is there, <laughs> and I would ask him about different places and there was nothing that really felt like it was percolating with what I know it's in our heart. Um, and even on our last Sunday, our uh, a group of friends got together and put this beautiful basket on our porch and one of, and they put a big, I forget, it was a thousand piece puzzle of, oh, wow. of an old world map that um, wow. the air started on our last day. We opened wow. it up, put it on our big countertop and it took us, I think like a month and a half to put together. And it was just something that we would just sit and I would process and think and yeah. grieve and pray and just put a puzzle piece. Sometimes we put only four puzzle pieces a day because it was the hardest map oh, that we've done, but it all had to do with the map. And we made this joke, maybe the last piece that we put down, that's what we'll move. Maybe that's it. <laughs> like oh, we had- Looking for all the signs. You're like, yeah. I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> yeah, we had no clue. And so as we were going through that process, uh, just asking God, and Eric's like, you know, we were asking like, what's the best cities to move into in America? I mean, we're just Googling everything, asking God everything. And Eric would say, I, don't know, I just, when I just don't even think about it, I feel my heart being drawn to the Carolinas. And I'm like, huh, we've never been to the Carolinas, neither one of us. Oh my and uh, we have Bethel, Atlanta. There are some yeah. friends. And I'm like, well, I love them. And they're not far from the Carolinas. Right. You know, a lot of people from the Carolinas that we love. And uh, in January, he was speaking in Nashville. So we thought we'd do, we planned like a 10 day, I think, driving trip where we had done all this research and we were going to go to Greenville, Charleston, Raleigh. We went through Asheville as well. That yeah. was just a show. Let's keep our eyes wide open yeah. and just see what happens. And, um, then we went on this trip and I just was fully aware of when you're making a decision, I'm looking at what, what is peace? Where do I have peace? 
because even if something looks right, if I don't have peace, that's mm-hmm. how of peace, then I generally do not move forward. And the other part is I really am aware of what my heart is happening in my heart because mm-hmm. guard your heart from, from it flows the wellsprings of life. And he loves our heart. He values our heart. Therefore I need to value my heart. Yeah. So when I'm in a place of making a decision, I'm really aware of what's happening in my heart. Like this is exciting. Wow. I like this. Then that's important because yeah. I'm already laid down my life and I'm trying to be obedient, then I should listen to my heart too. So on our trip, I'm listening to my heart of like, do you like this? Is there something exciting to you? Do you feel drawn to something? Um, As well as do you have peace? And uh, we went through all the cities and Greenville by far was the city that was the most provoking. Eric would say, oh, he liked it instantly. I would just say it was provoking. When we came through here, you could feel the vision, the potential. Yeah. feel that it was a city that has a vision for the future. Yes. And that really resonates with Eric and I Yeah, uh, as well. So uh, we, that began a journey of us traveling, I think back here, like four more times, uh, three more times before we made a decision. And that's where we consider dating the city coming wow. here. God, what else should I be looking at? What do mm-hmm. I need to know? What, um, and what other questions can I ask you? Yeah. So on our sabbatical, we, uh, came here, I think for the second time before we went to a friend's lake house for like three weeks. And in that, um, I, after we were leaving the city, I really felt like, wow, I really feel like I'm dating the city and God, I just need to ask you, what else do I need to know about the city mm. before I decide to get married? Wow. But, Cause that's the kind of people we are. We're not just yeah. going to go like we're going to plant deep. We're going to find out what the heart of the city is yeah. and the fathers and mothers. And we're going to partner right along with them yeah. um, for what God has for us here as well as in the world. Uh, but on that, that sabbatical time is just when we are fully, I felt like this, um, the deep processing. Yeah. 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 And, and it was a more grieving as well. Cause I knew it's on the other side of the United States. Yeah. Like if we choose to go here, we have no history there. We know nobody in Greenville. <laughs> And um, we're just moving to go to the South. I don't even know the South. I'm from California. Right. <laughs> so, so much of it felt a little like, this is weird. Oh, yeah. And it feels so the Lord. And I would go every day on sabbatical. Um, God, I ask for more signs and directions. Yeah. I know that you've been faithful. You've given us prophetic words. <laughs> I mean, there's been so many things. And every day there was something. Oh. Every day it was like, Greenville, Greenville, yes. Greenville. I just, I just feel like, I don't know, God has something for you in the Carolinas. Does that make any sense? Oh uh, yeah, yes. it does. Yeah. Like every day there was stuff. Wow. Did you, I, I'm just so curious knowing like the revivals, you know, the Jesus movement that, that Bill came out of, like knowing your heart for revival, your heart for the kingdom. Did you study the revival in Greenville? Did you know that there had been a revival in Greenville? No, I mean, it, I didn't know anything about Greenville until Jan, January or like maybe uh, December, I started doing just light research right. and we're still learning about the the beautiful history, yeah. the atrocities that have happened here. I mean, across the board, just yeah. learning about this land that God has planted us in. Yeah. So no, we didn't know anything before that. But did you know, like when you were kind of in living there and courting it, you know, doing the whole thing, did you learn about, cause I've heard there was a huge revival in Greenville, like in the fifties and sixties. Is that right? Um, I'm 
completely sure that okay. I know it, uh, uh, that in detail. Okay. Mm-hmm. So fast. I always like, I'm like, maybe they knew that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Every time you say the word Greenville, what I'm hearing is Greenville. I'm hearing the two words separate and just, you know, just new life, you know, um, just new life that he, I, I was so excited personally when I heard you were going to Greenville because Me too. it just, I knew that it <laughs> meant God was bringing what he had birthed on the West coast to the East coast. And I could see, you know, just this like, you know, like a bridge across the nation, you know, that was, that was being brought kind of like how Atlanta is like the hub for, for international travel. I just felt like there was something about it being so far away, you know, that was really significant, you know, for what God, God is up to. And so just to that, to that end, what, you know, have now that you, you know, are settled and, um, in, in seeing, you know, the changes that God is bringing, what, what do you, do you have a sense about what you feel like God is up to? Not because I feel like this isn't just for Greenville. It feels to me like mm-hmm. it's for, it's for the nation. It's for the Southeast. It's, mm-hmm. it's, so it's bigger than the religious gr- spirit. It's bigger than the, it's bigger <laughs> than Greenville. What yeah. are, what are you sensing? So funny story is we, a church, another church in town was hosting this conference and some of our friends were speaking at it. So we took our staff and went there in May and we're sitting in there. And right now our our staff, we have a large leadership team, but we have a smaller staff and um, it's Eric, myself. We have a children's pastor. We have a worship pastor. And then we have another like creative slash teaching pastor with us. And uh, so it's Eric and four women. And, uh, two of them are black. Um, and then, um, so we all moved here, we're building and, uh, we're in this together and we're at this conference and there's a Q and a time with John Tyson, Christine Kane, and Mm -hmm. I think John Collins with the Bible project. Mm -hmm. And at the very end of it, someone asks in the crowd, you know, none of you are from the South and don't live in the South. Uh, when you're here, just ask, just wondering, is there any blind spots in the church that you see here that we would love to know what you see? And they instantly, it wasn't hard for them to answer. They're like, uh, women, you really suppress women in the church. Uh, race. There's a lot, you have a lot of pain around race and racism. And then third Holy spirit, there's issues with Holy spirit here. And they're all like, yeah, like, Huh. And I'm sitting there with our team on this row going, wow, we have a lot of women on our team. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. We also have black and white on our team. Huh. And we love Holy Spirit. Yeah. Interesting place that you would put us, God. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I felt like arrows, like arrows hand the hand of the warrior. Like we are here for a purpose. Wow, yes. Who we are. All of those things are passion points of ours. It's not just happened to be. Yes. We're not have a woman movement or team. It just has happened that way. Sure. And we are the colors that we are and ethnicities that we are. And we do just completely love value um, Holy Spirit. So super interesting to be in the South and to be who we are. There has been so much grace and ease from the moment that we even turned our eyes in this direction. Different churches and leaders have been extremely generous, open-hearted, open-handed. Um, mm-hmm. We have felt so much, um, so much support and being yeah. champion unity with the church. I feel like there's something in the unity that's just going to break the back of so much pain and division that's happened here, but also in the country. 
Um, and even with the race, you can feel the residue of segregation here mm-hmm. coming from the West. Um, I'm like, we went to a different church every most actually every Sunday when we first got here, cause we weren't, hadn't started anything on Sunday. And one of the things that you notice is like Sunday is the most segregated hour because mm-hmm. we white churches where some of our team were the only black people in the room. We went to black churches and Eric and I are the only white people in the room. Right. We went to black churches and we were the only non-Hispanic people in the room <laughs> and right. they were beautiful. But I'm like, we have such a heart to bring um, all the ethnicities and cultures together because I just want to see Jesus get his full reward. And I love the (laughs) beauty and diversity. Like, it's not something I like. Like, I love it. I crave it. I'm um, encouraged and inspired by it. So I want to create an environment where we're actually all valuing and seeing each other and celebrating each other and sacrificing each other yeah. well so, and when you practice heaven every day heaven is gonna be every tongue every tribe I mean it's like it's a model I mean you're like I want to see the mm-hmm. mo- I want to see what is happening there here yeah. so I love it what mm-hmm. have you learned um you know starting the church just the two of y'all I mean you know with the team obviously versus like walking into something that was already going what has been your biggest like oh wow <laughs> no idea what have you learned through that about you you know um about me is I like building it's really fun creating it's not a hard thing you know we do have the benefit of having a lot of experience yes so it's not that it hasn't been costly at all that's been really the the hard part was leaving Mm -hmm. the fun part has been building and I love people so it's just fun to gather people to see who they are and then just, it takes time to build trust. So that's been probably the biggest thing is we have these amazing people. God is bringing people left and right, the highest caliber and quality of people that have tons of experience, tons of vision. And I just have learned through experience that, um, to take your time and let your relationship get strong enough before you start building and putting too much weight on it. And so it's just been as long as I have enough patience, to go through the correct process before I try to build too much on some, on a relationship that's so new. Yeah. Yeah. God, that's good advice. Gosh, you know, there's, it's funny. I'm, I've got, I've got probably a list of about 10 more questions. (laughs) Unfortunately, running out of time. I do. I would love to have another conversation with you, Candace, sometime um, because the reason I really wanted to interview wasn't really to end up, you know, how God just kind of takes a charge of a conversation ends Mm -hmm. up this way, but the, th- the thing that my girlfriend said to me, Kelly, who you know I'm talking about, said, I've never met anyone in all my life that can attune better than Candace Johnson. Oh. And, and that, and I rec- and it was interesting because your bio says you create spaces where people are seen. And so just to kind of maybe close with that. Mm, that's good. How do you, how do you do that? You know, cause I, I know just in, you can, it's very clear from just talking to you. There's nothing, there's no manipulation in you. You're not making people feel seen so you can get something from them. Mm-mm. Is it just what God has done in your heart? Like, what would you say about that? Uh, I think first being wrecked by love and shaped by love. Yeah. Like that's, that's a powerful thing. And then in the journey of trusting God, if we, if I don't put myself in certain positions, like if I'm going to try to make us, if I have to make everything happen for myself, then I have to sustain it. Yeah. And if I'm going to allow him to open doors for me and also be willing to lay down, like by the still waters, like it's both mm-hmm. being willing to move forward. Even when it's like, gosh, I didn't really want to pastor Bethel. Okay. I will. And people are like, I want, I'd rather have your job. I deserve your job. I'm like, you can have it. I don't know. God <laughs> 
you know, and then it's like, gosh, I, I'm going to, we're going to move on. You can have it. You do it. And so if I'm willing to live like that, then it's much easier to just be okay with other people living like that. Yeah. And I always tell people like, I will always choose you over a ministry. So even when people are like, oh, I'm going to lead core groups for you, or I'm going to lead this ministry. I'm like, this is awesome. But just know that if anything should ever change, like you feel like God's highlighting something else, like don't be at all ashamed or feel awkward talking to me because I'd rather have us all just follow what God's right. doing. And yeah. I always to honor good. you more than honoring a ministry. Cause yeah. I know sometimes people are like, oh, you, how are you leaving me in this position? What are we going to do? And I'm like, well, if God really cares about it, wouldn't he provide? Right. So like, That's we're so okay. good. Even if yes. something needs to die, I'm like, I don't think God's afraid of death. No. And, and the whole like green We to- dial things all the time, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, no, we're we're done with that. We said yes, we say no now. No, we we changed our mind. <laughs> <laughs> and so just being okay with pruning as well. And I think yeah. um being in that space and just being able to see people, then it's just allowing people to be who they are and um being okay with the process and the journey as yeah. well and just learning to just to trust God with it all instead of trying to make something happen or trying to keep things alive. And it, yes, we do that past the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. So good. Golly. Okay. So last question, what is the message in your mouth? What is God just like saying to you that you are saying, you know, you know how we always like, yeah, God just, just says something and then I tell 500 it, people it, for the week. Yeah. So yeah. What's, what's the thing you've been saying? Like even this week, what is he How's he moving on you? I'd say the most consistent thing is um, just the beauty of family. Mm. Um, and I, I, I love family. I love the wholeness of it. And I'm not just talking biological, but even the way that we choose to relate to each other yeah. and stay committed to each other and value each other. And I, and I would even say even the body of Christ uh, is probably a larger context for this. But um, the value for that and the, the love that... The, the the stuff that that produces when we can actually create that, but how we need to actually be willing to sacrifice ourselves to create that. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you look at parenting, what part of parenting is not self-sacrificing? Right. Like, have a baby, like, when am I going to take a shower? I don't know. Cause I need to feed them. Doesn't yeah. really matter. <laughs> I don't know. Cause that's what parenting is about is actually, I prefer you over myself. Yes. And so that's what family is. And that's how we create it. And so, I know that if I'm going to be in a relationship with you and I'm going to help you get to the, become the best person that you could possibly be and to be all that who God's created you to be, then I need to be willing to sacrifice uh, myself. And so, and that's just something I feel like is the opposite of what culture is telling you to do yeah. is like, we should oh, preserve I was just going to say we, that. Yeah. We, this we is opposite. You, mm-hmm. Demonize you. Yeah. If you're any different or you're taking away from me. Um, where I feel like the Lord's saying, actually, can you, to go higher, you actually have to go lower and be willing to give. That's just a painful, it can be painful. Um, but I, I feel like that's what God's calling us to do. And I think when we do that, actually, that's when we're going to see real transformation take place. Mm. Oh my gosh. I love you. I do too. Can I just move can to, we Greenville? Come to Greenville and have a cup of coffee <laughs> that lasts like 10 hours? Well, I was just there. We, we did a thing at Hope Church um, uh, not too yep. long ago. Sweet, sweet people. And of course, I thought about you when we were there. I was like, I wonder if we could just swing by and hit Bethel while we're here too. Yeah, I'd love love to close with you just maybe praying for um, people in transition. Yeah. You know, that are asking asking the questions you asked and in going through that struggle, you know, of of transformation that comes via 
change, you know? Mm, so good. Absolutely. Yeah. I would love to. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you're sovereign. Thank you, God, that, that you hold us in your hand, mm -hmm. Lord, that, that you are God and we are not. And we just freshly surrender to you, Lord. And I thank you for your Lordship in our lives. And I pray for everyone who is in a space of transition right now. I pray that you'd be near, that you would go before them, that um, they would know you like never before. And I pray that for clarity, that you would give them eyes to see you right where they're at that more than anything else that they are experiencing, that they would have eyes to see you, ears to hear you, and a heart to know you. And I pray for courage from heaven over everyone that's in transition, that they would uh, have the courage to look at you, the courage to be honest with themselves, and the courage to um, yeah, be real before, before you, God. And, um, and just pray for provision, Lord, that you would uh, provide everything that they need and, um, and even more. God, so I bless every single person that's listening and specifically those that are in transition, God, that they would know you as Prince of Peace in the middle of it all. And I just thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for the testimonies that are happening and even the depth that's happening as uh, people follow you and roots are going deeper and they're knowing you in new places. Mm -hmm. So I thank you God for all that you're doing. I thank you God for just your faithfulness and um, yeah, your provision in it all. So I bless everyone in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank, thank you, you Candice. So uh, Love talking to you. Appreciate you so much. Thank you. So fun to be with you too. Thank yeah. you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Well, we hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. We just wanted to let you know about some additional resources. If you are interested in learning about Rachel and I's Bible study, just go to fathershousestudy.com. It's an amazing eight-week encounter with, with just the Father's love. We've got Zoom groups are going to be starting this fall. We'd love for you to be a part of. In addition, we have an opportunity for you to have a free resource from us. If you go to bestillministries.net and sign up, you will receive a 15-day kind of a mini masterclass on spiritual warfare that has been done by myself and Lindsay, a friend of ours that is our head of our prayer team. So hope you'll join us. I think you'll get a lot out of it. Thanks a bunch.